Hey, y'all, East Coast Ed here. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can be a monthly supporter for as little as 99 cents a month. This podcast will always be free, but if you help Matt and I out for future episodes, supporters will be shouted out on the show, and large supporters will be randomly selected to do predictions for a big pay-per-view event in the future. So please click the support tab and enjoy the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, along with my co-host, Ed Carbajal. And on a weekly basis, we plan to bring you the biggest news and interviews in the world of combat sports. Ed, how you doing, my man? Freezing my balls off in Jersey. How you doing? <laughs> eh, it was 90 today, 92, so totally opposite of that. I'm, I'm more, <laughs> I'm more, uh, more Derek Lewis on this, on this side of the coast. Uh, but, bold. <laughs> All right. but, um, yeah, man. So, uh, you know, we got this, this past weekend, we had some action and, and, uh, we got some UFC events to look forward to the next couple weeks. Yeah. UFC um, took a break last weekend and we had the PFL 10 was in DC. I was supposed to be at that and wound up not being able to go, but that's a, that's a story for not the podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, that that's their that's it for them until New Year's Eve, and then uh, this weekend the UFC returns with the UFC Moncton. Um, that's uh, Vulcan Uzdemir and uh, what's his name, Lionheart Smith, as the An- main event. Ant- yeah, Anthony Smith and uh, Michael Johnson and and Connor's boy, Artem Lobov on that too, right? <laughs> yeah, we gotta gotta get that under 500 fighter in the co-main event there yeah, and, uh, just, just for being connor's boy just for folks listening um i did interview uh uh we do have a guest for the second half of the podcast chris chrysanthu of quadrant biosciences he's a gentleman that i met over at karate combat and uh if you read my last article over at sure dog when they had their one world event here in new york city uh, he and i were standing next to each other and um, the company he works for uh, is looking to do a lot of good for combat sports as a whole. So that they're uh, they're finding a way to track and diagnose uh, concussions in, in people in high contact sports rather than finding out after the fact. Um, so it's a good way. It's a good way to have uh, combat sports. They're starting with karate combat. And they're hoping to expand it to other sports. So uh, Chris and I go into detail in that a lot of detail into what they're doing later so you can listen to that in the second half of the of the uh combat hour but um i just wanted to put that out there because we had to uh, do the interview separately obviously the coast to coast thing doesn't work out scheduling wise with the three hour time difference but um we, we we still get it in there for you yeah when you add in a third party trying to, to line up the interview it obviously can't work all the time but i uh, definitely look forward to uh hearing that as well um, with that said, you know, with this past weekend, you mentioned PFL, uh, it was PFL, uh, 10, yeah. um, in, in Washington, DC. Um, really the, the news to come out of that was, uh, Ray Cooper, the third, um, guy's really been a, uh, a nonstop, uh, just beast, just KOing everybody left and right. And he, uh, yeah. con- continued that with two more knockouts on Saturday night. Uh, a second time he's knocked out, uh, Jake Shields in what a, a month and a half or so yeah and uh and then he advanced to the finals uh to be held on new year's eve 
uh, in in Madison Square Garden by beating uh, H- Anderson uh, Ferreira. Yeah, so, and that's a, that was a, a that was a revenge. So he got a lot of revenge. I wrote a whole article about it because you know I've 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 spoken to Cooper twice uh, throughout my coverage of PFL for uh, the other websites that I write for, and actually both those interviews are on the Blogboard Jungle YouTube channel if, if people want to watch them. It was after his win over Shields, and then after his win um, when uh, he fought in DC. I'm sorry, when he fought in Atlantic City. Um, coincidentally, Jake Shields also fought in that card and won in Atlantic City. So they knew they were going to be fighting each other again, and Shields thought he had a different uh, game plan for that. But so, but if you watch it, the second interview, he actually said that he wanted to fight Jake Shields again, and uh, he said to him, Jake Shields was the number one seed all the time, just because of the history. You know, Jake Shields had beaten his father in uh, earlier in in their careers, and uh, it would so it's just like a redemption road or a revenge path of revenge. It's almost like a kung fu movie for Ray Cooper. So he beat he beat Jay Shields twice to avenge his father, and then and then he goes and beats this Ferreira guy that he lost to in, in uh he lost a decision to him I think in two thousand eight or something like that at another promotion. So it's uh it's definitely they're not you know the whole way they run that promotion is it's it's supposed to be all performance based, but the storylines you know in the fight game these storylines you know you don't need to make them up they they make themselves. Well, the tournaments worked out. I mean, it, everything kind of pretty much worked out for, for the right guys winning. And, uh, you know, there was some upsets, some lower seeds have advanced to the finals, but, um, you know, Cooper, I, I can't, I mean, I knew who his dad was. I remember him from the old Hawaiian fighting days and stuff, but I, I don't necessarily, uh, I didn't follow, uh, uh, Cooper, the third's career much, uh, until the last, until, you know, until this tournament basically. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's, I've, you know, the last four fights I've seen him, he's had all first round knockouts, uh, two or three of them within the first minute. So, you know, he seems like really aggressive. Um, obviously it'll be, the story will be told when, when the momentum goes against him and he finds himself in a disadvantage and, uh, and see how he recovers from that. But, uh, as far as coming out and, and being a front runner in a fight, the man is a, a damn killer. And, uh, tell me about it. I mean, he, uh, I feel like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like the, just the format has changed the attitudes of the way the fighters that fight in PFL fight compared to what we're used to seeing. Because even when you see like something like a disqualification happen, like the stuff that happened with Jason High or the stuff that happened that night with the weird decision advance of Lewis Taylor, he was about to storm out because, you know, that was them. Not only did they lose the fight, they just lost their all the work they put in that was supposed to lead them to this million dollar fight on new year's eve i don't know are you noticing that or am i alone yeah no i mean it's obviously there's there's a million dollar prize for a lot of these fighters is money that they would they would never make i mean that's that's you know 20 20 fights for some of these guys and other promotions maybe more um so obviously that's huge money it's life-changing money in a bulk sum um you know, it's you retirement. Make millions? Did you guys? You're making millions tickets. Oh, I oh, do. <laughs> I do. I, I plan on being a billionaire tonight and upgrading, <laughs> uh, upgrading the seats for MSG in a couple of weeks. Or, uh, next week. So, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, the you mentioned the Taylor Howard fight, and and before we went on air, I kind of vented about that a little bit. Um, Taylor dominated the fight. Uh, you know, to fill in our fans who didn't catch it, Taylor won the first round, mm-hmm. uh, was winning the second round with about 10 seconds left in the round. He threw an illegal knee 
that uh, that hit Howard. Um, Howard had taken a beating up to that point, and that final knee just kind of was the the icing uh, on the cake, and, and Howard couldn't continue um, in the fight. Um, as a result, they uh, because it happened so late in the second round, they they score the second round and they go to the the scorecards. Um, when they went to the scorecards, um, at some point, even though it wasn't really shown in the ring, the re- the referee apparently took a point away from Luis Taylor for the knee, um, which would obviously subtract a point from from Taylor's scorecard. Um, I think everybody watching the fight would score the fight ten nine, the first round for Taylor. Um, now the way the judge, now the way the scoring is supposed to be done is Taylor would have won the second round ten nine, and then a point would have been deducted, making it a nine nine round, giving him the win nineteen to eighteen on yeah. the scorecards. Unfortunately, in the world of MMA, uh, judges, refs, commissions, not everybody seems to know exactly what they're doing. Um, they ended up giving the second round to Howard, which uh, made it a draw, a, a technical draw. A, due to it ending early. And then they went to the uh, PFL rule, which me, uh, which says whoever wins the first round of a fight uh, is the tiebreaker and, and they're allowed to advance. Um, in this case, Taylor uh, won that advanced. So the right guy won. Um, I know d- during the, during the confusion, him and his wife ringside were, were pretty uh, devastated thinking yeah. that they were going to be DQ'd. And, you know, that was one of those situations where you saw somebody who, who, you know, he's the favorite to win the tournament. You see him uh, seeing a million dollars slip away. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, Jason High had pretty much had the same reaction when he had that weird. Uh, I mean, he just had a bad season in the PFL, but I like the season format. But like, uh, just to go back to what you were saying, uh, I think you and I went actually were talking about it on Twitter when it was happening. We were talking. I mean, obviously, we were, we were breaking each other's balls, but we but either way, I mean, uh, Taylor had to advance. You know, for them to take the time that 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 what was weird about the whole thing was the way they took all that time to to come up with a, a draw. When uh, regardless of what you did, even if even if they disqualified uh, Taylor, like if they wanted to disqualify him and give it to to um, uh, who's Howard. to Howard, um, uh, Howard would have been injured and not been able to continue. And uh, if you look at what happened with the earlier fight with uh, uh, Khabib's cousin, he won, but his hand was injured, and and his opponent got to advance. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like uh, the same thing kind of would have happened there. So no matter how you looked at it, no matter what you did, Taylor was going to advance. And to put the guy through and his and his wife through all that stress was a little bit, uh, you know, it was a little bit annoying to watch. Yeah, I mean it's a tough situation. He threw an illegal knee. You know, there's got to be a penalty for that. Um... But when it was all said and done, John Howard didn't deserve to advance. Um, Taylor was winning the fight, was going to win the fight. And he's a good um, fighter, man. That guy, that guy, I, I followed him for a while. He's got a really sick guillotine. Uh, I talked to him about it. Actually, I think it was in D.C. when he last fought, too. And uh, he's got a really sick guillotine that he thinks people have caught on to that, that you didn't really get to see in uh, either of those fights. But if he slaps that on, it's usually over for most guys. I think he's got six wins by guillotine. Yeah, he and he so he advances to uh to the finals to fight let's see here, who does he go uh he fights Abus Megomedov, one of the one of the many Megomedovs <laughs> uh, that have advanced to the PFL finals. Um you know, to do a quick rundown of that that event. The heavyweight final is Felipe Lenz, Bellator veteran, uh 
you know, and then he entered this term. He's fighting Josh Copeland, who I believe was the seven or the eight seed, uh, pulled off some big upsets. Uh, yeah. You know, including a, a devastating knockout in his semifinal match. Uh, the light heavyweights is Vinny Megalish, who uh, has just been a buzzsaw, submission buzzsaw. Submitted everybody, uh, yeah. You know, uh, and he fights Sean O'Connell, who's another uh, lower seed who who pulled off some uh, big KOs and has been in some brawls. Um, left the, hand. He's got that left hand of fury. He's got that left hand. <laughs> I, I, Vinny is a Vinny's a tough dude, though, and, uh, yeah. I, 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 you know. At least I think everybody, I think even second place gets like 200K for this. So um, at, at least these guys are going to make some some good coin. Um, the middleweights was the aforementioned Aboost Megomedov against Luis Taylor. The Walter Waits is the Ray Cooper against Megomed, Megomed Karimov. <laughs> <laughs> the lightweight is uh, uh, Nathan Schultz versus Rashid Megomedov. Uh, featherweight, uh, former UFC veteran, Steven Seiler against former, uh, world series of fighting champion, Lance Palmer. And then they added Kyla Harrison, uh, in a 155 pound bout, uh, against an opponent to be named later. So, uh, it's going to be a hell of a card on new year's. Um, it's, I, I'm assuming you're going to try to make it out to that one. Oh yeah. I, I submitted my, uh, I submitted my thing that night actually for, for that event. I'm, I really, I mean, even World Series of Fighting, I was a big fan of what they were doing there. I like this better. Obviously, a, a lot of people do. I mean, they got a $28 million investment from uh, a bunch of celebrities to, to have a season two, 2019. So um, I think this is definitely a, a refreshing way to bring MMA to, to, to folks. Yeah, I, if you know, um, my only complaints are, would be just me making some tweaks or changes to some of the rules. Um, I would either... Uh, I, w- I would eliminate the you win the first round um, to advance rule. Um, I think that might have slowed down a little, a couple of the fights. You know, there was a lot of action, but to me, it was it. If you're a, a good at defense, you could win that first round and pretty much coast the second round. Um, no specific fights come to mind where that happened, but I just feel like there was a little bit of that. Um, I'm not sure how exactly you get around that. Um, perhaps three three minute rounds instead of two five minute rounds, mm. just to. Uh, to do that, or maybe if it goes to a decision, you you judge the fight as pride rules, and you and even if you know you judge it f- for the full ten minutes uh, in their completion, and and you know so you get a situation where, uh, gosh, somebody had a devil. Oh, Bruno Santos, I can't. Oh, he fought. Uh, gosh, who did he fight? He fought a guy who has a stri- uh, Sabadell Sai, I think is that yeah, yeah, his yeah, name? yeah, 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 and and, uh, and Santos basically dominated the second round. I mean, it could have been almost a 10, eight round. And, and, uh, and the first round was really close, but the, the judges gave the first round to sigh. So even though it was pretty clear that he didn't win the fight, um, he advanced due to that, that first, uh, first round rule. So that would be the only thing I would try to change. Uh, I would figure out a way around that. Um, you know, I guess, you know, the, the commissions obviously had some issues during the season, um, but they, you know, when you're holding events in, in not necessarily small cities, but cities that aren't used to the huge events, uh, Chicago, Washington, um, you know, you get some questionable commissions that, that aren't, aren't used to having giant world championship fights or world championship events. And, you know, uh, in the Chicago, you had this situation where uh, I can't recall the fighter off the top of my, oh, it was, uh, was it Oliveira? Who got kicked in the nuts and then lost the fight? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, was got... just, that, that was uh, isn't that that wasn't Jason High the one that did that? No, no, I, I think that might have oh. been the same night. 
um, mm. and where where high had the high had the issue with the referee. The referee just choked, made a yeah. bad call. That wasn't necessarily on the. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. You know, yeah. on the choke, but you know, I the first time in my life I'd ever seen a fight where a guy got hit with a low blow and he couldn't continue, and, the, and they gave the other guy the win. Oh yeah, yeah, that wasn't him. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, that's. You know, I think it was Oliveira in his first fight. Now he ended up making it to the to the final eight anyway, uh, where he eventually lost, but. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. So, it, but that's going to go along with not holding events strictly in in bigger commissions like New York and and California and Nevada. That's going to be some of the growing pains um, that hopefully these commissions can learn from. And and when the next season comes around, we don't end up with any of that controversy. Um, but yeah, uh, I'd say it's so far. It's uh, you know, if I was giving it a grade, I'd, I'd probably give PFL a, a B plus, A minus right now on 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 the way everything's gone and. Uh, I don't see think anything wrong with that. Um, hopefully their ratings are, are strong enough where uh, all this money and everything that's coming in can be reason to, uh, to continue it going uh, beyond next year. Yeah, I hope so too. I mean, they did uh, when they did their new year's Eve event back when they were, uh, when um, it was world series of fighting, that was their highest rated. I forget what the numbers were, but it, the ratings did good because everybody, I guess people waiting for the ball to drop or whatever, we're looking for something to watch while they waited and those fights were on and it did well. So um, I'm hoping that, that that happens again, considering everything else. It was a good weekend for them to, to hold a PFL 10 because there wasn't much else going on. I mean, there, uh, what else was on that day? I think glory was on during the day, maybe. And there's cage or cage warriors event. You said the be the bare knuckle boxing. Yeah. The uh, gosh, I watched a lot of stuff. I watched a lot of the K or not the K one, the glory uh, then cage warriors, um, and then, yeah, the bare knuckle boxing, which, uh, you know, obviously we don't talk a lot about that, but, um, I know Ken- the- Kendall Grove got knocked out really bad. Oh, he got, he got hurt. He got, uh, yeah, he got KO'd brutally over the ropes. Um, looked like he got his nose crushed. Ooh. Um, I mean, just a, a devastating KO in a fight that he was very, I mean, he was, he was probably winning the fight up to that point. Um, you know, but yeah, the, the you know, uh, Joe Riggs won a decision, in, in a bit of a slower fight. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, old UFC veteran, a guy I actually watched fight bare knuckle on the Indian reservations about 20 years ago. Aaron Brink was on one of the early fights. He ended up losing. Um, he's 40, 43 or 44 now. So he came out and gave about a minute of hell and then, and then got knocked out. Um, but, uh, you know, and then in the final, after an eight man tournament, uh, that spanned the last six months or so, uh, uh, Arnold Adams uh, defeated Sam Shoemaker by split decision and in a nice uh, final, um, you know, I don't know if you get something you've ever really caught. Uh, I've, I've ordered the, the, all three of their events and uh, first event was great. Second event was probably below average. And this one was uh, another one that was probably worth the money. Uh, you know, a lot of violence and uh, you know, but it's the same kind of thing. You, you, the fighters show such respect for each other and uh, for the most part, um, and it's kind of a, like I said, we've talked about it. I think it's a throwback to, to the old school days. And um, I know the, uh, another bare knuckle organization has an event on November 9th, uh, headlined by Brendan Ward. And that's the WKBFF or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know all the, isn't it didn't boss Rutan just like become on the board of that too, or something. Yeah. I think, and I think he's doing the, uh, some of the play by play for it. They yeah. got a heck of, they got a heck of a, a roster going in and, and a lot of names. So I'm not sure where they're getting their money from. Um, I've heard some rumors, but I, I don't know. I don't know for sure. Where, Magomedov where money. Yeah. It might be Magomedov <laughs> money. 
know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I look forward to their next event. I'm not sure about a date on that one. And then, like I said, the, the other uh, organization, their competition uh, has a big show, uh, their debut show on November 9th, um, also on uh, the Fight TV pay-per-view. So yeah, I look forward to that. Um, but then, you know, we when we get into the, the big league uh, mixed martial arts action, uh, this weekend we got UFC Fight Night uh, Moncton. Um, you know, don't know where that is. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to hit up some of the guys on uh, the MMA uh, community.com, maybe Jason seven, three or, or bird watcher. Isn't, uh, isn't that Canada or no? I feel like that's Canada. It's in Canada. I feel like it's somewhere around where the trailer park boys live, but that's about all <laughs> I, I, that's about all I know about a uh, Canada uh, up there. So what do you think uh, about uh, talking about that event? What do you think about Vulcan Uzdemir? And uh, and uh, Anthony Smith, like like, I feel like because I was looking at odds, and Anthony Smith is uh, was a, the last time I looked anyway before we recorded this. Anthony Smith was a slight underdog, but I feel like I feel like uh, Uzdemir. So like we had a, he was like the breakout fighter of 2017 over at Sure Dog, at, or whatever the title we used when we did our votes for that the end of the year stuff. And I feel like I feel like he spent his gas tank or whatever you want to say climbing up there to get that fight against um uh who do you lose to uh daniel cormier uh yeah that yeah was, that was last fight yeah so and then and now it's like trying to bounce back from that um i just feel like i feel like because he you know he calls himself vulcan nose time uzdemir and because he, he rides through the ranks in no time and now he's uh now he he got stopped when he got to that that title shot and i feel like I just feel like Anthony Smith might might be able to take him. What do you think? What do you think about that? Yeah, some my uh, one of my relatives asked me earlier today who I was taking in that fight, and uh, I told him Anthony Smith. I'm kind of leaning that way. Um, Volkan uh, in the UFC, all of his most of his wins, at least uh, his notable wins, have been uh, really quick finishes, um, and it seems like uh, you know with Cormier, he uh, he ran into a, a situation where. Uh, where he had to go some, you know, he had a little bit of a, you know, he was getting beat and, uh, and he ended up, uh, tapping out, uh, or not tapping out, but the fight was finished in the, uh, in the second round pretty early mm-hmm. on. So I don't know. I, I, I got to see him go through some adversity and, and get out of it. Um, I know Anthony Smith is, is one of those guys who's been in some real dog fights and he's been around forever. Um, so I, you know, I, I lean towards Anthony Smith, um, I, I just I think he's the more uh uh what's the what's the word? The more uh you know, he's got more more ways he can win the fight. Um I just I, think I, I feel like he, I mean I think he, I feel like he's got more output. Like I think he's got enough output if they go toe to toe that that he'll tag uh Uzdemir more than Uzdemir will tag him, you know what I mean? I just feel like I feel like he can take whatever Uzdemir puts out, I feel like he can not only can he take it, but he can give it back and then some. Yeah. And I, I think, I feel like Smith has, like I said, I think he can win. Um, I, I think the only way Volcan really can win the fight is by knockout. Uh, I think Smith can win a decision. I think he can win by knockout. And uh, I think he could also win by a submission if, uh, if put in, in the place to do it. So that's where I'm leaning. Um, I think it's going to be a dog fight. I think it's going to be a brawl, uh, especially for the first couple minutes. So uh, we'll see, you know, we'll see how the, how the fight goes, but um, yeah, I'm definitely leaning Smith right now and, and, uh, and look forward to a good fight. 
Um, you know, the co-main event on that fight is uh, was supposed to be Artem Lobov versus uh, Khabib's boy who who jumped the cage and, <laughs> and, and and blindsided Connor. So he got removed, and they replaced him with Michael Johnson, a uh, longtime UFC veteran now. Um, M- Michael Johnson Magomedov. <laughs> no, no, no mega medoffs here. We got a Kakuna or Kakuna, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but uh, but no mega medoff. Uh, all the mega medoffs uh, seem to have uh, headed over to uh, to UFC, except, yeah, for pro fight league, except for Mega Med Shapiroff, um, <laughs> who uh, who obviously we look forward to seeing uh, Zabit when he when he gets back in action. But uh, yeah, I mean that fight, Michael Johnson Lobov, um, you know. I know a lot of people like Lobov. I don't know if it's the running joke online or if people are actually a fan of the guy, but he gets a lot of love. Um, I, I realize he's put on some good fights, but I think the dude's 13 and 14 in his career now. Um, <laughs> you know, I I don't know. It's hard for me to say the UFC level fighters these days because I don't think anybody knows what a UFC level fighter is any longer. Yeah. Uh, but uh, with a record like that, I, I don't feel like he should be co-main eventing a, an event anywhere, even if it's in the middle of uh, Saskatchewan or Moncton <laughs> or, you know, yeah. uh, you know uh, it could be an igloo up there for all I know. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. But uh, I don't know. So, I, so I, I you like got Michael Johnson winning. <laughs> I'm going to take Michael Johnson. I'm going to take, take Michael Johnson using some wrestling and, and grinding out a win in that fight. Yeah, I got Michael Johnson too. I think I'd have whoever in – isn't Ab Artem Lobov in that fight? But I mean, I maybe. <laughs> I mean, he's done. He's done some. He's done some one or two impressive things. I know Jack Slack pointed out a couple of uh, slick moves he did have, but uh, I forget. I couldn't tell you the fights off the top of my head because, like you said, I mean, he's. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it pays to have friends in high places, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> I don't hold it against the guy. You know, he's going out yeah. there. He fights. He leaves in the cage. Um, if he's not skilled enough to be top shelf then that's not necessarily on him uh it's on the promotion obviously trying to make money off of him and and his friends and and the name he made through the ultimate fighter uh being coached by by conor mcgregor and and being a part of the dolly incident and all that other all the other stuff that uh is part of promotion apparently nowadays in in mma um now that brings us to the uh the card that keeps turning and turning and and churning like my my stomach thinking about uh have you looked at like ticket sales for for that like oh it's it's been pathetic since day one (laughs) ticket sales it didn't matter who they announced uh ufc 230 (laughs) no no it's it's about half uh half sold um i don't know uh the, the ufc obviously dropped the ball on this event their promotion has been non anything. I have yet to even see a commercial on TV for it. Um, I would think you would start seeing Lewis and, and Cormier commercials all over the place right now when you're trying to sell tickets. Not, yeah, it's like a week and a half away. Like, yeah, no, yeah. it's yeah. So the fights. Two I, weeks all, from... all I've seen is Facebook ads. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> and then you know they so they, you know, like I said, it's the, as the world turns of MMA cards, and uh, you know now Chris Weidman fights uh, Jacare Souza. Um, who was supposed to fight David Branch while Weidman was supposed to fight Rockhold. Uh, Rockhold, no surprise to anybody for the 85th time in his career, got injured <laughs> and, and had to uh, had to come off a card. Um, you know, with all that said, if it can hold where it is right now, I think it's still an exciting night of fights. 
Louis, uh, Louis Cormier, Weidman Souza, uh, Branch Canier, uh, Robertson Marshman, and, and Brunson uh, Adesanya. Um, I, I think there's a lot of potential action there. Uh, Jordan Rinaldi, the black belt uh, uh, jiu-jitsu guy, and Jason Knight on the prelims is a is an interesting one. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually interested now. I'm interested in Sajara Eubanks versus Roxanne Matafari only because that's a that's their season ultimate. That's a rematch from their season ultimate fighter, and um, I I, I don't know if they're uh, are they are they fighting for a flyweight title or no? No, that that title's Joanna and and Shevchenko. Uh, oh, that's right. That's on, right. on the eighth. Um, it's basically, it's, it's essentially a number one contender fight. I know Jessica eyes in that mix. Um, and, uh, and she's got a fight coming up with somebody who all of a sudden slips my mind. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Caitlin, uh, code again or Koodle again, or somebody from, from your, Takugian. yeah, yeah. There you, there you go. There out you of, go. Out of the, uh, out of uh, all, yeah. Jersey fighters. Which, which I looked her up the other day, and I, I've seen her fight a few times. I actually saw her, her lose to Carmouche in, uh, at 205, and, you know, she she kind of gets a bad rap. Some of her fights aren't the most exciting, but I noticed she only had, her only loss was to Carmouche. I think she's 12-1 and one as a pro, and she's like 8 or 10-0 and 0 as, a, as an amateur, so... Um, yeah, she's she actually, she's actually pretty. Yeah, she's she's better than uh, than the she, promotion kind of leads to be. And yeah, she and, trains with uh, Almeida and Frankie Edgar and and all those guys. Uh, what's his name? Mark Henry. All all there. that all those guys from around here. That that it's not like an official camp because it's like multiple camps in this uh-huh. region. But you know they all they all train together. Marlon Marias, her, Frankie Edgar. Uh, yeah, all those all those guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess if I was going to say something about the, the card, um, I usually don't get too concerned about the bout order, but I, I would probably put the women's fight, the Eubanks Matafari fight, I'd probably put that on the main card. They, they, they're trying to introduce a weight class. Um, the, the the issue with Sajara being announced initially fighting Valentina for the title was everybody yeah. gave her crap because they said nobody knew who she was. I don't, uh, you know, everybody knows Roxanne, or most people know Roxanne who, who follow the sport. I'd put that fight on the main card over Robertson Marshman. Um, they always and, throw one in there lately. I feel like they always throw one on the main card that out, of, out of blue. And it's like, why did you put these? You got these other people. But I guess they got to spread it out for, you know, you got to have your main fight pass event. You got to have your FS1, you know, headliner. And then you got to have, uh, you know, so I guess that's why they do that. Yeah, I just I feel like they 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 kind of shoot themselves in the foot not promoting, you know, because the very good chance the winner of that fight is going to fight the winner of Joanna Valentina, so you just kind of you know why not put it on there and advertise it as a number one fighter or contender fight? It doesn't really matter. We know number one. What do you think about? Yeah, well, yeah, that's that. I mean, I guess it's true depending on on the division and stuff, but. What do you think about um, so like the, you talked about how they reshuffled the card, so David Branch, who who's ranked, is was fighting uh, he was supposed to fight Jacare, which is a fight he has been calling for since the summer, and now he's fighting Jared Cannonier. He he seemed, I mean, he seemed upset about. It. He's still going to fight, obviously, but I mean, do you think he's risking his ranking by fighting uh, Cannonier? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, obviously he's risking his ranking fighting anybody. Um. But even a lost Casuza, uh, 
doesn't do him any good. He might not drop as far, but it's not going to get him up the, the food chain any quicker. Um, I mean, I guess one way you could look at it is Weidman Souza is going to cannibalize each other. So one of them is guy, one of them is going to drop. Um, so if Branch were to get a win, it still sets him up um, with, you know, potentially maybe even the winner of that fight um, in somewhat of a, yeah, somewhat I, of a number one tournament. I mean, I don't know. I, he's got to take the fight. It's in New York. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's an East coast guy. Um, Brooklyn, I, I, yeah. I have a feeling the UFC offered him some extra cash to stay on the card. They don't really have a lot of options right now. I well, have plus, a feeling... plus, I think it's a bucket list thing because he, he's already fought in the theater in the garden. I'm sure he wants to fight in the arena too, because then that's, that's, you know, two off of his own, you know, if you're, if you're a fighter in New York, you, you want to fight Madison square garden. I feel like that's like a must. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine he, he's sold, he's got a lot of friends and family and, and everybody coming to the fight or, or probably had tickets for the fight. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's the fighter that I like is he stays on the card. He fights who's given to him. You know, it's not necessarily the best thing for his career, but, um, but a win there on a pay-per-view in Madison square garden can't hurt. Um, and I think he has an easier fight. Um, it's a different kind of fight. I think he'll have to deal with punches as opposed to submission, uh, attempts, uh, from Jacare, but, um, but I think it's a fight he's, he becomes the favorite in, um, and, and likely, uh, can use a lot of his, uh, great you know jujitsu and submission skills uh whereas the fight with jacare might have been an exciting ground fight um or or just a kind of a boring um k1 fight between two two good grapplers i you know it's not the fight he wanted but i'm glad he took it and he stays on the card uh leaves a ranked fighter on the card and you know after all the beating this this event's taken it's it's uh he's got to stay on so um you know, and then I noticed Ben Saunders got added. I'm not sure when. I never saw the news, but he's fighting another one of your uh, East Coast guys, Lyman Good, former Bellator uh, welterweight C- champion. CFFC, yeah, he, he's he's definitely a, a local local favorite around here. So they did good by 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 putting on a lot of like local favorites. Uh, you know, like Branch Branch Weidman. I was actually surprised that I think isn't Gian Volante fighting on on the Moncton card and not here. I feel like he is. Uh, he's not on this card. Uh, I let me pull up the Moncton card again. Uh, I, th- I think he is on the on the. Yes, Moncton. he's fighting Ed Herman. Yeah, so so I mean, they should have put him on this card because <laughs> uh, you know him and Weidman they're like tag team partners. So. Yeah, you um, would you'd know, think it's the funny thing with Lyman Good is it seems like he only fights in Madison Square Garden. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think he fought on 217, and um, I know he was initially scheduled to be on the 205 card. Um, and I, I want to say Atlantic City only because he's fought there so many times at CF when he fought for CFFC, which is the Jersey uh, Cage Fury Fighting Chat, whatever it is. Um, the, sounds- yeah, the Cage Fury Fighting. Championship. Yeah. Well, the good news though is that the opening bout for the evening is Ruslan Megomedov. Against Marcos Rogério de Lima, so oh, we, there do we, get, go. <laughs> we do get we do get that we do get that Mega Medoff money uh, kicking off the, <laughs> the, the two thirty event. Yeah. So, you know, I I just uh, I'm gonna change my Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> Mega Medoff money, yeah. uh, but uh, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I hate to even talk about it because by the time we hang up here. <laughs> there could, there could be six more changes. Yeah. I've, never, I've never been so fatigued by an event in my life. Yeah. This this event, you know, 
I mean, obviously you got a lot planned coming, coming across country for it and, and bringing a crew and uh, meeting you guys and hooking up with you guys and you and your buddy out there. And it's just a lot going on to have this much uh, stress and stuff around an event. Well, hopefully. I mean, we got one more episode to record before you hit the road, right? Cause I, uh, right. We're, we're, you're not coming out until towards the end of, of, no, we're going to we'll have to figure that out. It'll, we probably won't be our regular Tuesday night show. Um, but, uh, All we'll, right. see what, we'll see what we can work out. Uh, uh, I have to head down to the, uh, I have to head down to San Diego, uh, Tuesday night. Um, oh, okay. Because gotcha. my, my flight leaves dead early, uh, morning on Wednesday. All right. So. so just for folks listening next week, it'll be, uh, obviously it'll be some on location, uh, recorded, uh, uh, episode. Yeah. We might maybe something from the airport or, or, uh, I can pull something off, but, uh, we'll just have to work that schedule around. Otherwise it'll be live from, uh, from Madison square garden and the big apple, uh, we'll be sitting there in that 50 degree rain and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, hopefully drinking some beers. But, um, yeah, with that said, you know, it, it kind of wraps it up. Uh, we got your interview coming on after this. Uh, so, uh, that kind of wraps it up for this week. Uh, you know, as usual, fans can follow us, uh, at combat hour on Twitter, myself at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter. Megamedov. Mega Metal of Hulk 21. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, at, at Carbazal on Twitter, at Carbeerzal on Instagram. Uh, so, uh, what's it? We got the drawing. I'll get that Mega Metal money in about two hours <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I hit that uh, when I hit that billion and a half. Uh, and then, uh, and then I, we can have a show because I can just buy my own jet to get out there to New York next week. But yeah. um, until then, man. Uh, Everybody stay tuned for the interview uh, Ed's got and uh, look forward to the action next week. All right, cool. All right. Uh, Chris Chrysanthu of Quadrant Biosciences. Um, this is an interview that we uh, talked about arranging to talk about the technology that uh, your company is developing. Um, just for some background the uh, we you and I met at at uh, Karate Combat One World, um, and you you seem like a fight fan too. So, just uh, tell us about your product and um, you know how you got involved with Karate Combat. Okay, so um, Quadrant Bioscience is is uh, is a company that's focused on um, overall brain health, and we work on various uh, brain health initiatives. Um, from concussion to uh, autism spectrum disorder and Parkinson's disease, as well as, as you know, ADHD and some other things. Um, we had the opportunity to meet Dr. Julian Dale um, at an event in Chicago and show Dr. Bales our product, ClearEdge. And ClearEdge is a functional assessment that uses a Samsung tablet a proprietary inertial measurement unit and um, a foam pad. And with those three things, uh, we're able to perform a series of cognitive tests and balance tests that very accurately um, can portray the function of the brain. And so an athlete that has been concussed would show a significant difference um, in scores than um, they would if they were otherwise healthy. So because um, Karate Combat very much wants to provide uh, proper care for their athletes 
and they want it to be more than just um, the, the, the combat sport that it is. They, they want to protect their athletes. Um, they, they have um, partnered with us, or we have partnered with them, to track the brain health of their fighters so that they can ensure they have proper care and that every time they enter the pit, um, they have uh, proper cognitive function and proper stability so they're not putting themselves or their opponents at additional risk. So, um, do you can you remember when you guys got? Were you guys involved with the beginning when karate combat first started, or did you jump in uh, midway through? Because you seem when you and I were speaking at the event in New York, it seemed like you had been following all their all their events. So, are you guys in from the beginning, or did you jump in around the Miami event? So the, the um, karate combat one world was the first event that we were part of. Uh-huh. And we were doing we were doing a trial at that event to see if it was feasible to be testing the athlete and how the logistics would work. Um, going forward, um, we will be testing the athlete before um, every event and after every event. So we will continue to track those athletes longitudinally. Um, Where at um, one world, we just uh, test with them before the event. I remember you had your stuff with you because you weren't sure when we were there if if you were going to be gathering data right away. I know somebody, I forget the name of the the fighter, uh, it was like the second or third fight. Um, somebody to, uh, got knocked out. Did you did you test uh, that gentleman? I can't, his name doesn't come to mind. Just, I'm just thinking of it now because uh, that's when you had showed me the, the, the case you brought with you of your equipment. Yes, at, at, at this point, we, we did not test any of the fighters after the event. So any of the fighters that, that did get knocked out, uh, at this point, we have not followed up with them. We would like to follow up with them um, prior to their next event. But at this point, um, the, the trial was simply to test these athletes before the, the current fight. Um, the real value in the Clear Edge system is that tracking over time. So it is ideal that athletes, especially those involved in combat sports, be tested multiple times per year. So this is something that, I mean, I know you guys are just starting it with karate combat, but this is something that could benefit everyone like, uh, you know, in, in other promotions, not just in MMA, but in, in boxing and, and in the long run just to kind of like check for symptoms to see if uh, things are going bad for them, right? Absolutely. It, it is not good for any sport when athletes are injured to the point where they have um, long-term effects that cripple them for the rest of their lives. And whether that's an orthopedic injury or a head injury, it, it is never good to allow an athlete to get to that stage. And, and the opportunity with a product like ClearEdge is that ability to um, give the, the doctor and the trainer and the athlete a very accurate view of where they are and how they're progressing. And if we start seeing deterioration uh, and long-term deterioration, then, then there's an opportunity to take action right away before it's too late. Um, it would be, uh, right now, most of that is just guesswork. Um, so, you know, you can tell when an athlete has a concussion 
um, you can maybe tell when an athlete um, is ready to return, but that ability to be able to determine whether an athlete should continue or not, that, that's one that is very difficult. And without objective, reliable information, it's, it's almost impossible to make that, that decision. Uh, and so uh, using a product like ClearEdge, which gives you that objective data, that, you know, data, data as, as they say, data is responsibility. And with that, with that knowledge um, comes the responsibility to make the right decision for the athlete's long-term health. So um, when we were when we first started talking about it, um, you had mentioned something about the mouthpieces. Now, um, and what I read on the website. So, are you collecting the the saliva from their mouthpieces to help determine where they're at as far as um, you know their their uh, if they are concussed or not, or, or is it some type of electronic data that's gathered through the mouthpiece? So the um, the mouth guards that are being used, um, those mouth guards are being used to detect um, and track the force and the number of hits that, that a, an athlete takes and the force of those hits, both independently and cumulatively. That product is not a clear, it's not a quadrant biosciences product. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually don't have anything to do with that mouth guard. Okay. Um, so we, our business consists of two products as it relates to concussions. One is the ClearEdge product, which, which as I discussed in, in some detail. Um, but we also have in research right now a saliva-based product, which hopefully in a year or so we'd be able to have um, at these events. And what we would do is we would um, take a saliva swab after the fight and we would be able to use that saliva swab to determine whether an athlete had a concussion. We wouldn't need to do a full functional assessment to determine if they had a concussion. We would use the saliva for that, and then we'd use the functional assessment product, ClearEdge, to track the recovery. So is, is this something, like, in the long run, obviously you're doing it with Karate Combat, but is there, has there been any conversation about extending it to other promotions? Um, I know, like, like cause the only reason I'm asking because I know Boss is involved all over the spectrum. Like, he does commentary for Karate Combat, Boss Rutan, and I know he's, he's, like, on the executive board there. And then he also works over at Pro Fight League um, the, that's doing their New Year's Eve show that he just called this past weekend. So um, I don't know if there's been any conversation about approaching other promotions to let them know about this, especially uh, an up-and-coming one like like uh, like uh, PFL. Have you guys had any conversations like that? We have, we have not had any conversations with any other organization than uh, Karate Combat. Ironically, our business was, was founded, and a lot of the research that we initially did um, was on mixed martial arts fighters, um, primarily amateur mixed martial arts. Hmm. Um, uh, since we've uh, commercialized our product, however, we ha- the, the only work that we've done uh, with with combat sports has been karate combat. That's interesting. So, uh, do you, uh, I know they said they were going to uh, Japan sometime next year. Are you guys going to go with them? Yes. Yeah. The, the plan is at this point um, that we're going to spend some time in the month of November negotiating a long term agreement. 
and the objective is that we are going to um, attend the event in uh, in Japan, but we are also going to bring this to all of the karate combat dojos, and all of the fighters will will implement these uh, the clear edge toolkit in their in their dojos as well. Oh, nice. That's that's good. Uh, talking about the fighters, when you guys came in, you said One World was the first event that you. You started using this with uh, with Karate Combat. Did they? Um, how did the fighters react when you guys uh, approached them with 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 this uh, new technology? We, we were, you know, we we were very pleasantly surprised at the reaction of the fighters. Uh, the fighters were extremely engaged. Um, they they were very competitive, and um, they they were very interested in their results and in their scores. Uh, they were also in very interested in the results and the scores of their uh, opponents and the other fighters. Of course, because of uh, HIPAA privacy regulations, we couldn't show them uh, their, the scores of their opponents, mm. but they were very much engaged in the process, which is very exciting to us. There, there is um, a perception from time to time that these athletes don't care about their health. Uh, and the reality is we, we see that um, when you provide them with something of quality, they can tell um, that there's been a lot of thought and a lot of work put into the product. And so they were very engaged through the process and, and as I mentioned, um, very, very interested in their results and um, very focused to see as, uh, how we can move this product forward and, and continue to test them over their careers. Yeah, no, well, that's exact, exactly what excited me about it when you and I first spoke. I mean, we just happened to be standing next to each other at that event, and then you, when you mentioned it, um, as a somebody that trained, I, I trained half my life in martial arts, and when you mentioned what you guys were doing, I just saw it as, I all I saw was positives for the future of the sport. Especially, I mean, it was coincidence that we were in New York, uh, to and how we met in, in New York City, where they had the ban on MMA for so long, and one of the reasons, you know, obviously they say it's too violent, too dangerous, and then you have a company like yours that's doing something to uh, uh, protect the fighters' long run, for, you know, for their safety. So um, I definitely think it's something that needs to be, uh, you know, put out there more. And um, Karate Combat's just innovative. Doing, they're doing a lot of innovative things. When I spoke with Phoenix Carnavale at, at the beginning, uh, when they first started, you know, she talked about the technology and the gloves and, and the, how they monitor heart rate and stuff. And then when I met you, you talked about this. So, it just, I mean, outside of their the unique presentation and stuff and and all the uh, people, the, the things that people see as a gimmick, it's nice to know that, that the stuff that they're doing uh, for the fighters and, and the future of combat sports is probably something that's going to uh, extend in, in the long run. We'll probably see in, in the future, like, technology like yours and other promotions and in and uh, other combat sports, so that they don't have such a negative, uh, you know, view into the to the casual fan. Um, speaking of casual fans, uh, you seemed like a pretty hardcore fan when we were watching the fight. So, uh, are you excited for karate combat? Are you an MMA fan? Uh, you know, I, I I have not been a combat sports fan. I I am not um, uh, very big into uh, UFC and and. Um, this was my first exposure into uh, karate combat, but you know, at an event like that, where you know you're you're standing pit side and and you can literally see the sweat 
beating off their faces. And uh, a couple of times, um, we had we had fighters fall right in front of us, where yeah. you, you know you could literally reach out and touch the fighter. Yeah. Um, when you're involved in any sport at that level, and those athletes were very talented, very talented athletes, um, to be that close to the action, um, it, you know, you'd almost have to be dead not to be not to be as excited as we all were. Um, it was a phenomenal event. Uh, it, it's a phenomenal organization. Uh, they're doing things the right way. Uh, it, it's very scary to see. I had a conversation with with um, uh, a club owner today, and not a martial arts club owner or a combat sports owner, but another sport, another sport. And she said to me, "I want nothing to do with concussion. That's not my problem. That's the parents' problem." And too much we are seeing today, um, people looking at concussions as the boogeyman and, and people running away from concussions rather than um, taking the responsibility of managing the health of these athletes. And, and to have a sport that's as dynamic as karate combat and then as focused as, man, as, focused as they are at managing the health, the overall health, not only the brain health, the heart health and and everything else that they're working on with these fighters, uh, it, it's just really refreshing to see an organization take responsibility for the health of their athlete. And, and I think more organizations should do that. And if they did, I think we'd be having fewer and fewer conversations about whether kids should be playing sports or not. I think it would be, um, you know, a very easy decision. If, if more organizations went to the level of care as karate combat is, is going. I, I can't I can't agree with you more. Again, like I said, I was so excited when you told me what you guys were doing. I, I just I knew there was more to talk about and obviously we couldn't talk during the fight because we were everybody was into the fights. But um thanks Chris so much for taking the time to to talk about uh, your company and the and what you guys are, are working on. Just really quick, um do you know uh, Quadrant Biosciences is the company, but you said you said uh, there's another name for the product. Yes, the product is called ClearEdge. So you can find us either at quadrantbiosciences.com or clearedgetest.com. Cool, and I did put the the. I know there was a really informative video that I actually put up the uh, for the results that that the night that we watched the. Uh, Karate Combat One World, so that that's already on Sure Dog, but uh, um, this is definitely a little more in depth. And, and I'm, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully uh, we see each other in the future soon, and, and uh, more more of your more of your company's work in other combat sports. Thank you so much, Ed, for your time, and uh, it was it was an honor and a pleasure to meet you and get to know you over the last few weeks. Um, Thank you so much for uh, for having me on your show. Thanks.